What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Awake and Sober Podcast, a podcast about life in recovery through Christ. I'd like to put an emphasis on that. This is yeah. a good emphasis. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Our number one sponsor. Tactile Turn. Oh, let's take a Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Jesus Close is, second. Jesus is good. Yes. yes. Uh, tactile Turn, tactileturn.com for all of your pen needs. They're amazing. They are amazing. They are amazing. Mm-hmm. Amy took mine and like the other day I was like, where's this pen at? And she's like, what, what pen? Which, which? <laughs> you never had a pen. It's too heavy for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Then give it back. Um, so what my wife said about Brian, so I got her, uh, ordered her a slim. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. like a slam. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to be finishing up a little bit of step one. Yes, we are. Admitting we're powerless over our addictions, that our life's unmanageable, but specifically, what is life asking of me? Which, which for the three of us right now, <laughs> woo! Yeah. So, buckle, yeah. buckle up, buttercup. You know uh-huh. what How's your week been yeah, there, germ? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, yeah, I uh, I text my sponsor this morning, and I said, uh, you know, a frozen pipe. Our furnace went out, and it's minus ten degrees here in the loo, right? Mm-hmm. My garage door busted on me. The chain almost took my head off. That was exciting. Um, and then I had to like look back and laugh at it because I have pipes that can freeze. I have a garage door, and I have heat. So, all in all, life's not that bad. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at some. What was that movie, uh, Money Pit, with Tom Hanks? No, that's <laughs> a, you're the third person that has said something about that today, and I just don't need. I mean, we believe in Jesus here, but I'm knocking on wood still. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been making sure I don't say that. Wait, I, 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 I know. I know. And and. and Fortunately, it has not cost us a lot of money yet. Yeah, yeah. So everything's been okay. You know, right? This is what you. This is your problem. You need to fix it. Cool. Yeah. And I'm not worried about the the garage door. So, not right now, at least. Yeah. So, Derek, how are you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a little tough, brother. I'm not gonna lie. You know, just. Right now, I'm a little upset and aggravated with work, without a doubt. But uh, I'm going to do my best to make the best of it. What, what I'm upset about right now is there's still a problem and no solution has been made yet. Mm. And not even the process of discussion of finding a solution has been done that I know of as of yet. And that's what's upsetting the most. But tomorrow will be another day. And hopefully by then, we'll have one. Problems and solutions. Yes. We're going to wrap around back to that. We're going to circle back. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that. that. Yeah. Yeah, Michael. Hi. <laughs> Can I pass? No. <laughs> we just shared ours. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I couldn't do that to you guys. Um, just like you said, you know, uh, finding gratitude in, in what I do have. Um, work's been kind of tough lately. Um Relationship's been kind of tough lately. Um, but I have a job and I have a, I have a relationship, you know. Um, at the end of the day, 
life is still good. I got air in my lungs. I got a, I got a job. I got a car. I can get to work. Um, very much so trusting in my higher power and, and just asking for help to get through it. You know, um, I'd be lying if I said alcohol when I go into gas stations doesn't look good. And I've been kind of keeping that way for away for a little while, but, um, yeah, man, a lot of stressors, a lot of stressors, but I'm coping, you know, I'm using the tools that I was given and, uh, and we're getting through, you know, tomorrow I have a choice. I can wake up and make a better day out of it, or I can stay in bed and wallow in self misery. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's not going to do anything. That's not going to do anybody any good. Um, so yeah, overall, Life is okay. You know? Life is okay. Okay. It's okay to be okay. It's okay to be okay. Absolutely. It's okay to that be okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. This is true. Yeah. yeah. This is true. Uh, make sure you like, share, subscribe, um, whatever platform you're on. That uh, would be great. You want to throw us out there on the socials. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Spread the word. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So, At least we could all laugh about this right now. Well, yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Right. Um, to what degree <laughs> do you have control over your life? Uh, Let's do it on a scale of uh, of zero being cold, right? Obviously. Right. And 100 being hot. Okay. What degree are you right now with control over your life? <laughs> Is it like zero? Is zero like zero no is like where, where where like our weather is right now? Yeah, and it's like no control. No and control. And then hundred is like total control. Yeah. Uh, that's, okay. Okay. I can't even say I'm fifty fifty right now. Well, I mean that's not a degree. Fifty fifty. I ain't even at fifty. I mean, don't even feel I'm halfway <laughs> of control of my life for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. It's just I don't know, man. It's. <laughs> Today was just not a good day, I guess. I apologize if we see a little gloom today on the podcast, man, but I've just, it's one of those things, man. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm a little upset. But control-wise, I mean, I make the choice, like you shared, do I get up out of bed and go to work? No matter how upset I can be at the time, do I get up and go to work? I have that kind of control. So maybe, you know, 65 degrees? Of control, maybe. Okay. Michael? I'm going to... I really want to defer. I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go 64. Okay. I'm going to do the prices right. Okay. I won't overbid. Okay. He's going to underbid me. I'm going to underbid him. Okay. Yeah. So when I think of that question, to what degree do I have control over my life? Do you have control on doing the next right thing? I do. Do you have control on your happiness? Yeah. Over your happiness? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have control over drinking or using right now? Yes. I'm not drunk. <laughs> right. I'm drunk on love. Oh, a little berry hands. <laughs> I was waiting for it. You know when we were when we were setting up, uh, I was actually trying to do your voice. I was like, Jeremy talks like this. <laughs> so, 
So you and, and, and you get you do get out of bed. You get dressed. You brush your teeth. You pay your bills. Mm-hmm. You go to work. Yeah. You have a relationship. You do everything you're supposed to do. So knowing that, do you feel like you have more control over your life? Hmm. I would say I'm at about a 63%. Oh. <laughs> he undercut both of us. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and where does our strength come from? Our higher power. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. So he makes up for the rest of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think he's got more control over my life than just 35%, though. Because I don't do things a lot of times because of my love for him and my servitude towards him. Okay. Like one of the reasons I don't use, not only for my own health, but the fact that I serve a higher, you know, I serve Christ and he's like, no. So I don't. So is God 100%? Oh, without a doubt. He has to be. Or maybe 85% because I try to still try to control the other 15. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but he gives you the control to say no. Yes. Say no to drugs. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He gives you... Nancy Reagan over here. <laughs> <laughs> what? I said Nancy Reagan over here. Uh, say, say no, no to this drugs. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? <laughs> oh, man. Those were great. The yeah, fried egg in the pan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always liked the one where the lady put the egg on the table, said, this is your brain, and then took the skillet and smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Yeah. <laughs> Good God, lady. It's, it's mush. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. So um, when you when you put it in those terms, I mean, it does, we do have, you know, I, I and I'm glad you like put it like that because it really does show like we do have a lot more control than we think we do. You know, sometimes when, and for all the people that are watching this, uh, these are three people that are in long, you know, long-term recovery. And I just want everybody to know that it's okay to have a bad day. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, all three of us are having a bad day at the same time. Yeah. And- <laughs> but, but hopefully, you know, this will help you guys, you know, see and, and, and realize that um, no one's infallible. You know, we're not perfect. We're human. We, we, we have emotions. We have feelings. We have thoughts that sometimes can can take us over, you know, and can control us. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do what do we put it up to to relinquish said control, you know, so we can so we can get ours back? Well, like bringing that up though, like I shared, I'm a little upset about work. I'm upset about work because I'm choosing to be upset. So right. I do actually have the control over being the fact, am I going to be upset or not? Yeah. Like Shane likes to say, if I spit on you, do I make you wet or do I make you angry? Oh, yeah, I make you wet. Uh. <laughs> yeah. He chose to get angry. <laughs> I'm going to try to do my best, Shane. Now, do you get wet or do you get angry? <laughs> you sound like Kubo Jack or whatever <laughs> that kid's name was back in the day. I'm not here today. My name is Shane Last. Yes, Shane's not here with us today. Y'all Shane's gonna this. love this. <laughs> I wonder if he. I wonder if he's had a good day. I mean, we can't answer for. We him. can't answer for him. Nah. Did we he sound more chipper on the phone than we do? Uh, no. Well, he's going to play pickleball, so he's pretty happy. Oh, pickleball! But he's working at the church, getting you know, so we yeah. get claiming hope up and going. So mm-hmm. he's working on the building. So he's been doing that all day. So he's uh, a little. 
This is talking about a man that doesn't normally get his hands dirty. Hey, she ain't nothing but love for you, buddy, but you know as well as I do, you don't like to get your hands dirty. You out there doing it right now, so power to you, brother. You have nice pins for a reason. Yeah. He's, he's, he's painting. You see him put his hands up? Yeah. Oh. I don't like to get my hands dirty. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I, and and I, I mean, everybody that's been listening, if this is your first episode, yes, we're all in recovery. If you've been listening for a while, it is, it's one of those things where when I have a bad day now, I don't, I don't have to drink over it. And it's because of, bringing it back, step one, I know that I'm an alcoholic or, you know, an that addict. Yeah. you're an yeah. addict. Mm-hmm. And what, <laughs> what would literally walking into the gas station and buying alcohol do for you right now? There's not one good thing that would happen. Mm-mm. Like, literally. No. It's, you know, I'm going it, to, it's going to make everything worse. Because I'm going to drink, and then I'm going to get, I'm going to get anxious, and I'm going to get really, really depressed. Like, right now, I'm, I'm more, like, I'm irritated, and I feel like I've, you know, like I've failed. Okay? But if I drank, I would be at home cr- crying myself to sleep. Calling yourself a failure in Call, your head. Yeah, calling myself a failure and believing it. Like, I know right. I'm not a failure. You know, I just, I, I, we have bad days, right? Negative self talk. Yeah. Yeah. That, those automatic, attic, oh, wow, automatic negative thoughts, right? Those ants. Yeah. Those are, those are in my brain, but they're, I'm not like dwelling on them. You know what I mean? As I would if I would be drinking. I'd be dwelling and I would continue to drink until those things went away, until I woke up and, oh my goodness, they are still there. Mm-hmm. You know? It wouldn't do any good. And that, that is... You'd even get to the point of isolating yourself, wouldn't you? Oh, dude, I, immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Like, I'd say, and I live with my parents, they'd be like, Mom, Dad, I'm home. And they wouldn't see me for another four or five days. Yeah. I'd have DoorDash bringing me out. I, <laughs> no, you'd have us busting through your door. That's what you Without would have. This is true. <laughs> see? Support system right here, guys. Yeah. Support system. That is the facts. And, and we, vice versa. We, we ain't no little guys either. We coming in. We're coming in. Yeah. <laughs> Throw me over the shoulder. Yeah, big bear. Big bear's coming in. I can imagine. I don't want to see it, but I'll be I can, like I can uh, see I'll be it. like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Bust through the door. Heard somebody's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you going with me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now y'all sounded like Roddy, the Macho Man, Roddy, yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be drinking anymore. Are you okay. a big guy? No. <laughs> I love we have this vessel to get all of our things out. Yes, this is great. About it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we started off on control, okay? What, what degree do I have control over my life? So with... You know, the amount of control that we do have, we can ask ourselves, what is life asking of me? To improve the lives we come in contact with? Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think it goes, I, it's not, I, it's, I feel like it's a core question, you know, to your core. What is life asking of me? Hmm. And sometimes I don't know that answer. A lot of times I don't know that answer. You know, I just get, caught up in the the day-to-day life, you know, mm-hmm. the day-to-day struggles. Um, 
but what I did when I got recovered or when, when I fell into recovery and I, and I wanted recovery was I wanted to give back. I wanted to give away freely what was so freely given to me. And I feel like I forget that sometimes. Like my job is to help people. And I, and I, that is my, that is my passion. That is my, my core belief of myself is that I can help people. And when days like this happen and I feel like I failed people, it takes stuff like this that we can talk about it and we can sit around and be like, you might feel that way, but you're not that way. You know, like I know that I am here. God put me here to be able to share my story and help. And I need to remember that because I do forget that. And it's really, really, um, you, you forget it, man. Like sometimes, sometimes helping people is easy and sometimes it is incredibly hard. It's exhausting. It is so exhausting, you know? And we can all, we can all attest to that. Like helping people is hard. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard because you got to think, I'm not going to sit there and say that, you know, life's asking me to go out and help everybody, which I do, though. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, when I do it, I put everything into it. I try to put all of me into what I do, working with people. And, and yeah, it gets exhausting, you know, especially mentally exhausting, more than physically. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times, I'm not going to lie, I'd rather be back out building houses than I am helping people. Because, <laughs> you know, there, I know why I'm tired. Now I'm just, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> right. Yeah. Mentally, emotionally. Yeah. Burnt. It's like, burnt. Right. Yes. And it, it gets, and we let go of that control when we let it aggravate us when we feel that we failed somebody. Yeah. Or we've poured so much into somebody but it feels like it was for nothing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That that's really aggravating and exhausting more than anything else. I feel, you know. But I got I got to say that my life's calling me to do what Matthew twenty eight nineteen says: go and make disciples of all nations. I go and help people, and I conduct myself in a way, no matter where I'm at, where I'm going, that I feel that people can see a higher power working in me. They can see Christ at work. They can see that, yeah, I'm not a guy you want to step on his toes, but at the same time, I'm going to love you to death. Not because I, well, pretty much because Jesus says I have to, but no. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) But I'm going to do it, Yeah, you know? And yeah, that's what, you know, to love my neighbor as myself. That's what life has called me to do. It's so hard to do. Oh boy, you ain't a whistling. It is so hard to do. Especially when you feel like you pour so much into somebody mm-hmm. and it was like pouring water through a sieve. Mm-hmm. It just down the drain, nothing. It could hurt. I think it hurts a little more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I had to learn early on that others' crisis is not my crisis. Right. Preach. And so, because <laughs> I. I do. I feel for the men and women who are still struggling. I feel for the men and women who come in to the recovery center and they're not ready. Everybody around them, their loved ones, either they, if they still have them, if they still have a family and friends, they're at the point where they don't know what else to do. They love them very much. 
but they're sick of seeing their loved one kill themselves. And it's just, it, it hurts to the, almost to the core when people go back out. And I truly am glad, I'm happy, when somebody leaves, they relapse, and we get to see them again. Like when I say I'm glad to see you, mm -hmm. I, I, I really mean that mm -hmm. because that means there's still a chance. Because a lot of people don't get that second chance. I was sharing with the guys today that sign that uh, Shane gave me a long time ago. Not a long time ago, but I get to do this, and I've talked about it before. And it was really resonating with me last week when I had uh, troubles with a, a client who was struggling. And I felt that because I see a lot. There's a lot of parallels in our recovery and our lives. So as he's going through this struggle, I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know what else to tell this guy. And then I'm like at the point where I just wanted to, I, I was going to kick him out. I was done. I'm like, I'm, I'm done with you. Go figure it out on your own. And then I looked up and I saw that sign and I said, I get to do this. I'm like, son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I lie? You know? But then I shared that today. I said, I brought it out and I said, guys, look, you get to do this. You have a chance of getting this recovery thing right. And so if you're sitting here, that means whatever tried to kill you is not done, didn't, didn't win. And that means that you are the fortunate one who has an opportunity to go out there and share that with somebody else, who in turn is probably going to share that with somebody else. And that's how it works. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, the pyramid scheme, right? It is, it is a pyramid <laughs> scheme, but links, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah, you know? link, Links in a chain is how I, how I look mm -hmm. at it, you know? Um, I, I'm the same way when, when people come back in, I'm like, I'm, and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm like, how you doing? You know, they're like, well, I've been better. I was like, yeah, you've also been worse. Yeah. You look like bleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but you know what? You're here. Yeah. You can't do anything. You're here. Yeah. Let's move forward. Yeah. You know? And it, and it's like, dude, Mike, take your own advice. Mm. What has happened is done. I can't change anything about it. The only thing is I can, I can learn from it. And, and try to move forward and take that next right step. Mm -hmm. So, um, you said we were going to get back to something. What were we going to get back to? I don't remember now. Oh, damn. Uh, I need a little, I need to use my tactile turn pen. Yes. Keep a little notepad here. Notes. notes. Yeah. yeah. You used to do that all the time. I know. You used to always have your pen and pad there with us I, taking notes. I know. And that's, I don't know. I guess I got a little too comfy. Well, I was yeah, talking about situation at work and being aggravated and you were like, we're going to come back around to that. Something. I don't remember. But as we're talking about control, is when we're talking about these clients coming back, how much control do you think that they have actually over the alcohol that they feel inside themselves? I think this is a, a moment that we might want to share with them that they have more control over that than they've really given their self-credit for. They're stronger than they feel that they are when it comes to having that control. But mentally, where do you think they're at? Shame and guilt. Yeah, well, I get that. I'm talking about the control factor, dog. <laughs> uh, they, they, they don't have control. Yeah, I would I would say, I mean, how much control did you have before you got sober? How much control did you have before you got sober, James? Well, I chose to go oh. get high. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I ask this question a lot in my groups. It's, when did it change from wanting to use to needing to use? Mm. And then when did it change from wanting or needing recovery to wanting recovery? 
I asked him, do you, can you guys put it on a, on a timeline of when you went from wanting to use, because I, you know, I, I wanted to use for many, many years, but then I needed to use, you know, um, that choice was taken away from me, mm -hmm. I feel, by the substance it's, itself. Mm -hmm. um, I had zero control. I knew that I couldn't stop if I didn't get the heck out of, I mean, society for a little while. You know, I needed to get away. I needed all of those options to get away because I knew if it was my choice, if it was my control, I'm going to keep drinking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to do what it was, you know. But I feel like they, that new clients or new people in recovery have control. They don't understand that they have that much power. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like they have it because they don't know how to. They don't know how to wield that 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 power that that control, you know. So once we get them in, and you know, they get into a little bit of recovery, you learn those tools of like, you don't have to to drink because if you're drinking or you're using, you don't have to use because if you are, you're giving the control away. Mm -hmm. You know. I think it comes with a point when we're using the drugs and alcohol as the coping mechanisms to deal with certain things. We, I don't know, I've noticed I come to, that's where I lost control over my um, addiction. Was when it, when I was upset or I was angry, I always ran to the drugs because that was my calming. That's what took care of me. That's what how I cope with situations. I mean, I had gone three years and used nothing. Not a thing. And then something can come up, things happen. Next thing you know, I'm back to smoking. Next thing you know, I'm back to using harder stuff. Next thing you know, I'm back, you know. So it's, I think we lose control when we keep using those coping mechanisms instead of the coping skills that we try to teach and learn from others. What happened? Nothing, just checking, making okay. sure. <laughs> I'm thinking about your question. And, and I, I got to the point where I wanted alcohol because it made me feel good. It made me a little bit funnier. I got to relax a little bit more to the point where I was doing it all the time and I needed it just to function. Like, I needed it so I could put the food in my mouth on a fork without it falling off. Mm. <laughs> like, that's where it was. And then in recovery, going to step one, when I realized the need, I needed to want it more than I needed it, was when I stopped lying to myself. I had to be honest with myself, and it starts at step one. When I finally stopped lying to myself and said, you know what, I am an alcoholic, and my life is unmanageable. Like, I can't do this anymore. Because, <clears throat> again, I, I, it, was, it was leading me to an early grave. And it's like, if I go now, okay. I'm good with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Before, I didn't care if I went or if, if I lived or if I died. But, like, I, I asked that myself the question because several weeks ago we went to, uh, I had a funeral of a, a friend and uh, who was in the program with me when I went through. And I look around the room and I'm like, who's going to be at my funeral? <clears throat> like, who's... What are people going to say about me at my funeral? Well, he was a real prick. <laughs> Thank God. 
But would you take that as a compliment as an insult? I would be up there <laughs> laughing. Yes, yes, yeah. I was. Yeah, yes, would. I was. Thank you very much for noticing. Yeah. So you were there sober and asking that question. Did you ask that question where you were still drinking? Who would care? Who's going to be there? I'd ask that my all. I would ask time. that too. Nobody's going to care. No one. Nobody's going. Nobody's going to show up. Nobody's going to come. Yeah. What you know? Yeah. Why would they come? They haven't talked to me in the last six months to a year. Why would they come to my funeral? Yeah. You know? And it, it was like, that was that was an enticing decision to make. It's like, screw it. I'm, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said, the moment you stopped lying to yourself, mm -hmm. the moment that we let go of that control and like, or that, 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 that falsehood that we did have control, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, that's a powerful moment. And, and that's when, um, I, I had a similar thing happen to where I had a buddy text me. And for the first time in my life, for the first time in a long time, I was so tired of lying. So I finally, I finally told him what was going on. And he immediately put me in touch with, you know, uh, getting, getting help, you know. But that was a decision that, I don't know, like, it's not that I was, I knew I needed help, but I didn't know what I, what I needed or how to go about it. And it took someone else who had received recovery to come to me and so I can get it, you know? So that lie, and, and it's, it's funny because I've, I'm talking about this with um, a couple of my people. One of my guys said, you know, addiction is a lie. It is a, it is a, a wholehearted lie. Mm -hmm. You think you have control, you have no control. It's a false sense of... It, it, yeah, it's a false, yeah. yeah, it's a false sense of control. Yeah, it's... Funny how you guys are talking about the first thing you had to do was quit lying to yourself. Yeah. So I, what I have here is the Celebrate Recovery Step Study Book. Step one, first lesson. Denial. Stepping out of denial. Yeah. We got to quit lying to ourselves. We got to, you know, we have issues. We have problems outside of just drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. As we come to recognize that we, you know, I would love to be able to get these other people, you know, other clients and stuff to recognize, hey, there's more to it than just your drinking. I understand drinking and drugs is a problem. But why? Mm -hmm. Why are you using? You know, what are you truly denying that you had to use to cover up? Know your why. Quitting, quitting is probably the hard. Uh, quitting is the hardest thing. Well, putting it down. Putting it down. I would yeah. say that. And was, then saying I'm never going to pick this up again. That was. Oh, let me take that back. I thought that was the hardest thing. And then, the quitting, the drinking, looking back on it was like, okay, that really was the easiest part of it because then I had to look at myself and be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of ugly, you know? This is what I was avoiding. I mean, the outside is handsome as, as all get out, but the inside was pretty. You should let other people tell you that. Good Lord. <laughs> it's like you're a truck. I'm sure Shane's going to have a picture of me from, I don't know, my drug unit days or something. Before the yeah. beard. <laughs> yeah, before the beard with my earrings and everything, yeah. Yeah. He'll be like, this is what he said was handsome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or me flopping around on the ground playing pickleball. I don't, anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then it's like, okay, you have to look at yourself, but you only have to do that. Like the hard part is getting through it the first time. Mm -hmm. You know? It's, a, it's that unknown. Like what, what you know what what's what is going to happen when I when I do get into recovery? That's right? what's scary or, is it's we don't know what's on the other side. That is the unknown. I know what alcohol gave me. It was misery, but yeah. I knew what I was getting. 
but like I was shared, it was your coping mechanism yes. to deal with things. And that's, yeah. I think that's what we get scared about the most. How am I going to handle this now that I'm sober? Mm. How am I going to deal with this chemical depression now that I'm sober? How, I'm gonna, how am I going to deal with the deaths and the stuff that's happened and the trauma that I dealt with as a kid? How am I going to deal with that now that I'm sober? I think that's what scares scares individuals the most. Because mm-hmm. now, like you said, you have to face yourself. Mm-hmm. And everything that's bothering you, that's hurting you, that's really the real issue, it's hard It's hard to look into. I think that's what scares people the most. But it kind of goes back to our next thing, you know, which is worse, failing or never trying. You're never going to know exactly what you're capable of doing, even in recovery, especially in recovery, if you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to think that, you know, not giving a, giving recovery a shot would be a lot worse than failing at it. Excuse me. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can't... You can't fail if you don't try. Right. Right. So, was it Thomas Edison said that there was... When they asked him, well, you found 10,000... 9,999 ways that the light bulb didn't work. Or... You failed 9,999 times. And he goes, no, I just found 999 ways that it didn't, didn't work. work. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, man, that guy kept failing and failing and failing and failing until he got 10,000 times. I got it right. Mm-hmm. And this goes with recovery, man. Uh, going to a program, we're in there for 30 days, 17 days, whatever it is. And you get out. If you're not trying, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You know? Give recovery a shot. What is recovery? You know, you don't really have much to lose, but what, a few days? Give, I mean, give it a shot. See what it's like. Mm-hmm. You relapse, you fall, you fall, yeah, get it. You know, we'll pick you back up, but keep trying. Like you said, 99 times, or 999 times that he failed, it wasn't a failure, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. So you got to find out what works for you. Keep on pushing and trying until you find out what works for you. And I'm telling you right now, the spirituality aspect of this whole thing is probably the key. Yeah, well. It, it's it, God. God is the key. Spirituality is the key. Your higher power is the key. It, it's, when, when your spirituality is up, everything else just falls into place. It does. And how many people do we know that come into recovery that literally put the brakes on and say, nope, 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 I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to take the spirituality and that higher power thing out and I'm going to do it my way and how many times do they come back? More than I'd Personally, like to say. Yes, yeah, that's just I'd personal like opinion. Again, I know there's more than one way to skin a cat. There are other ways out there. I'm only speaking on from my point of view and my perspective. But I don't know anybody who has done this without the God angle. Yes, without a doubt. Well, there's one one individual. One individual I had met in my time who did not do the God thing in his recovery, did the smart recovery program, and it's actually worked for him. As of up to this point, it has worked. But that's one as out of the 20 or 30 people I go to CR with on a, on a Tuesday night mm-hmm. that it's working for. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, And it's like, that that's, and that's what I say. We give suggestions, and it's up to them to take it. You know, here on, on the show, it's our opinions, it's our suggestions, it's whatever. You don't have to take it, you don't have to like it. And I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you've tried everything else, but you've never tried this, don't you think you might just try that one? <laughs> just give, give it a shot. Just give, give it a, a shot. shot. And you yeah, know what, if right, it doesn't work, right. guess what? No yeah. big deal. It didn't work for you. But if you're, if you're not being honest, open-minded, and willing mm-hmm. to do that, then I, I, I can't help you. Yeah. 
I, I was that way because um, I had fallen away from my higher power or God or, you know, Jesus Christ. And old JC. Old JC. <laughs> Shout out the OG. Um, I, and, I, and, you know, it was like at one point, at one point, I even wrote in my journal, like, I am my own God because I'm doing the work. I'm here. I'm going to do it. I'm doing all these groups. I'm doing all these classes, right? And man, did my sponsor give me some, he's like, okay. Dose of reality? Yeah. Yeah. yeah this little right, teaspoon. Right. And, and granted, this was like, this was like 50, 55 days, maybe, maybe almost six, two months. This isn't your current recovery. sponsor though. No, old oh, sponsor. Okay. Yeah. He's like, okay, we're never going to say that again because you're not. So just get it through your head. And that was a, that was a turning point in my recovery because that, that falsehood of control, you know, that, that I, that I, I could control and I, and I, everything is going to go my way. And if it doesn't go my way, then it's not going to work, you know? But then I had to come to terms with the fact that I don't know how to do this. Mm. I have no idea what I am doing, you know? I need help. And luckily, with the help, you know, um, I, I started seeing, like you, you, you said earlier, like acts of, acts of kindness, you see God through other people, right? Working through other people. I, 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 put, my, I put my faith in, in people again, and I, and, and I made that my higher power, you know? I, I see God speaking through people to me in the meetings and the groups. And now it has completely transitioned into more of a, you know, God, Jesus Christ, um, you know, savior type deal, right? Um, but it wasn't easy, you know, because I, I was so conditioned and, and accustomed to having, you know, that, that sense of control that I had. I didn't, but I felt that I had that control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's... As soon as I started becoming more spiritual and more, um, I started finding my faith again. Honestly, the better I started to feel because I felt like I could give up that, that sense of control. You know, I can only do my best. You know, God gave me free will. He gave me decisions to make. Do I make the right ones? Hmm. And if I don't, he's still going to be there. You know, yeah. He don't go nowhere. No. Yeah, he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, you know, I did put this person in your way so you wouldn't do that, but, you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know? <laughs> but you just went right around. It doesn't matter which path, you, which decision you make. God is there no matter what. No matter what. Without a doubt. You know, so whether it turns out to be the right decision or the wrong decision, God was there, there with you through it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the number one thing, too. He's always with us. Won't fail us or forsake us, and that's having a belief like that, knowing that God's going to be there for us, even in in our recovery. Very relaxing, we say, almost like Mike was saying. You know, when I was able to find that faith, I could let go of that control, and it's like when I have that control and I'm thinking I'm running stuff, thinking you know I'm better than God at the moment. I'm not like that, but when I feel like that way, when I have the control, you know, I think I have the control. And things aren't going the way I want them to be in control. What does that do? But nothing but tear me down. Mm-hmm. When I'm letting go of that to God and giving it to Him, that's one less thing I got to worry about. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. 
<laughs> and I think that's another thing too is <clears throat> I would heavy into my addiction, I would pray. But you know, I, I, I say maybe you guys agree with this or don't, but there's there's not a wrong way to pray. And I still believe that. But I think the way I was going about seeing what he was putting in front of my path was wrong. So it took me hitting that rock bottom point to help me realize that he's had me this entire time. The end, Through all that bad stuff that I did, and I was a terrible, terrible human being. And I, no matter what, God never left me. And it's like, they say that, that addiction is the only prison where the locks are on the inside. And, and I'll go one step further. I think that it's the only prison where the door was open the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I sat in the corner and I just never turned around to see that the door was open. And so finally, by coming into admitting that I, I couldn't do this on my own, that God was in control, that I never had to be alone again, because God was there with me the entire time. And he said, hey, you might want to turn around and look, the door's open. And I said, no. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So finally, when I did that, it was like, okay, get up and walk. I like that. I always have to say, though, mine was that I actually knew the door was open. I was just too scared to walk out, out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. just to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was going to be things I had to deal with and I wasn't ready to do it. Because you knew what the cell was like. Yeah. It's my little <laughs> my little six by nine spot. I'm good. You know? I got the metal toilet over there. I'm right. straight. Right. You know? But yeah, as soon as I walk out that door, whoo, man, what I got to face. Mm -hmm. You know? And it, I don't know. I'd like to share one thing, man, is... Um, in, in this time with my recovery, I did something different than I had before. Not just having a guy, because I did the recovery and worked recovery before, but I didn't do the whole God thing with it. I hate to say it like that, but you know, you get what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. And then there was the times that I, I did the God thing, but I wasn't working my recovery. But oh, I'm following God, so I'm good. It really took having God as my higher power and actually doing the work that I needed to do that has gotten me this far in recovery, the most sober I've ever been in before him and the best I've been in before him in all my life, you know? When I said it, we say this is, you know, recovery through Christ, you know, life in recovery through Christ, that's what we share. But don't, I don't want people thinking that, oh, I just give myself over to Christ and... Yeah, everything goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> oh, it did. Yeah, yeah. it right. work that way. No. No. I tried, it did work. You know, I went a whole year without using, going to church every Sunday, Wednesday, volunteered for everything to the point where I got burnt out mm -hmm. trying to prove something, and then I ended up fell back to using. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm actually working the steps, doing my recovery, having Christ as my higher power, I'm able to move forward and keep moving forward. I think it goes without saying that when I put, so God was, God was there the whole time. But when I actually acknowledged him and then put him at the center of my life, like in everything I did, whether it be working, whether it be my relationships, whether it be um, going for a while, when I put him at the center of my life and acknowledged him, that's when things change. Mm -hmm. Changed for me. And so, you know, we talk about it all the time. I, I knew God, but I never had a relationship with God. And so what recovery has brought me to is that relationship with him. And I want him in every single facet of my life. Mm -hmm. I love that because 
<clears throat> growing up Catholic, like you know God, right? You learn God. Mm-hmm. It's in everything you. It's in everything you do, but that's you know that's only at school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Away from it, I don't have a relationship with God, and that in the same way, it's like recovery has given me a relationship, not just you know knowing the knowing the sayings and knowing all of this stuff, you know, it's like, I can, I can, that's just going through the motions, mm-hmm. you know. Checking boxes, as just, we like to exactly. say. Exactly, it's just checking boxes. But now it's like, no, I can, I can actually have a conversation with, with God, you know, and I could be mad at God, you know, and I know he still loves me, mm-hmm. right? But it's not, it's not going through the motions. It's, it's more of a, um, and, and you both have helped me so much in this. It's more of a, um, just an understanding and a comfort that comes with that, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't have to do it a certain way. And, you know, I'm not just going to, you know, get communion every single Sunday, which if you do that, that's great. You know, I did it for many, many years. Um, but I'm learning how to have a relationship more with something that to me is becoming more feasible, like more, more tangible mm-hmm. every single day. And I wouldn't have that without, obviously, you guys and Shane and um, and recovery. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't. There's no way I would be here right now if I didn't have recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, no, there's not. If I didn't first admit that I was an alcoholic and life was unmanageable, if I didn't take that first step, it's a leap of faith to fall in. It's a leap of faith to to get back in touch with God. It's also a leap of faith to begin that first step and admit that you are powerless. We are powerless. That is a huge, huge step. To me, that's like the most important step. Right. I mean, you got to look, having to take that step or taking that step, you're setting aside pride and all these other little things that mm-hmm. have a tendency of holding you back. And you're, you know, because pride seems one of the pride, biggest faults. ego, falls. control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you take step one, you take that first step and work that first step, you're letting all that go. That takes a lot. I, I admit it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like that first step of walking out that prison. Then I know the door is wide open and I don't have to sit in no six by nine every day mm-hmm. hoping somebody bring me some food, right? No. But then, uh, you walk out that door. You know, you take that first step. Step one, I'd love to sit there and try to say all the steps are easy, but those of us who have worked them know that they're not all that easy. Mm-hmm. But you may take that first step. Step one, you recognize that you're not, you don't have that control over, you know, what the drugs and alcohol have done to you. Recognizing that doesn't make everything that much easier, but at the same time, though, it gives you that little kick in the butt to kind of get moving. If you're able to go through step one, the rest of the steps are easy to approach. There's a saying that says the best part about being in a group is you never have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes with saying with our relationship with God is is first and foremost, we're, we're with him. We're never alone. But then he wants us to surround ourselves with others. That's what we were meant to do. We were meant to help others. We were meant to to be in a pack, per se. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but like when they reintroduced Wolf to Yellowstone, it changed the ecosystem, like in a good way. 
Mm-hmm. Like the river started flowing differently because of the beavers and then the, the, the buffalo moved and then this herd moved, the elk moved. And, and it's like, so everything had a purpose. And so when they took that out, it, it kind of just went all awry because that's not the way that God created it to be. And it's the same thing with us is it's like, what did, you know, what is life asking of me? Well, what did God create you to be? God created you to love your neighbor, love him, love your neighbor, help others. And, you know, I think that's what we're meant to do is to give away what's been given to us, at least for me. Ditto. Yeah. Are we about? About time to wrap it up. (laughs) You got we can keep talking on this. We, yeah, yeah, we can talk on this all For day. For being long. a little I mean, crabby, a I think one. we did all right. Yeah, I feel I feel a lot better. Yes, okay. too. I feel I feel much much better. Um, I feel like men's are. Needed. I don't know what it is about your face, but I just want to. I just want to. It's his game of face. Whatever whatever it is, just <laughs> whatever it is, change it. Just, <laughs> just change it. <laughs> Shane is not here, but shout out to him. Yes. Um, Derek, what's up? In closing. In closing, I wanted you guys out there listen to this that are still stuck in your addictions and that recognize the fact you're stronger than you think you are. Take that first step. Work step one. And you come to recognize that the more you go through the steps, the easier, I don't want to say easier, but more conveniently you can, you start, your recovery starts coming to you. There you go. That sounded better. I dig it. Yeah, and, um, I think the first step to uh, simplify it is I can't. I can't. I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Um, yeah, there's hope after that. I promise. That is a promise I will make. I do have a verse. Do you have a verse too, buddy? I didn't get one, no. Oh, okay. I've been looking. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So celebrate recovery. When we do the steps, we have biblical comparisons to the things. So step one verse says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what is good but I cannot carry it out Romans seven eighteen. that's where we come to recognize that you know sinful nature is like everyday life to us knowing that we can't control it outside of ourselves and we need that higher power step one stepping out of denial amen amen anything else Make sure you check out tactileturn.com. Sober 15. Get 15% Sober off. Sober 15 when you yes. click on that. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And don't forget to like, share, <laughs> and subscribe. <laughs> uh, we are on all podcast platforms. Uh, in closing, um, the first word of the any program that you work is we. And I hope that everyone out there understands that it's not an I program, it's a we program. Together we are strong. And... Um, so we are we are all better individuals right now for being here together as we as, as, even though we were upset by ourselves. I know. Yeah. Ain't that something? Yeah. It's you, funny how yeah, that works. Yeah. If you if you <laughs> began this podcast and you're watching it, if you don't see a major change into us at the end of it, just just three of us talking about, you know, what we believe and and um and you know what we what we know in our hearts to be true, um something's wrong. You're blind. <laughs> 
And I say and that that's okay if you are. And, and that's okay if, if, if you're you only are. listening and yeah. you're blind. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but it's it's amazing. It's it's amazing. And I, yeah, I don't want to like hate on the li- any listeners. And, but it's amazing what happens when you get down with like-minded individuals. You sit down and you talk about what's going on uh, in your lives because it really does. It makes a it makes a huge huge change. And really, what? How much did we talk about the problem that's really bothering us? We didn't talk about anything about the first. Five to ten minutes before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> whatever. But I'm saying we talked about something else. Yeah. And it got us out of our heads. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's how it works. But I was bringing in the fact that we did open up about you know issues that we were having, right. but the fact we were open to, able to open up to others. Yeah. Yeah. It took a little bit off of us, and we got in better moods because of it. Yeah. That's vulnerability. There we go. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Um, for the Awaken Sober podcast, you guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Later. Later.